Romans chapter 7. I'm not even there. Okay. But I am now. Romans chapter 7. You know, it's probably a good thing. Let's do something crazy, unheard of, just earth-shattering. Let's uh, seek God for his blessing. Uh, Father, you know, I joke, uh, this isn't earth-shattering at all. This is, uh, but this is what we need. You know, we need you to uh, roll up your sleeves, as it were, and show us some things, because on our own, you know, what could we do? What can we discover? What can we know? And I understand your word is built for us to read and to know and to understand, but these things are spiritually discerned, and Lord, I'm afraid we're altogether too carnal very often, and uh, so I pray that you would teach us what you would have us know. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we ended up last week, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, the verse that I think more than any other is responsible for my salvation. I got kind of choked up when I was reading it last week. Uh, I, 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 I've never lost the wonder of it, I say. Uh, I, was a, I was a young man. I was in the Marine Corps. I was 20 years old. I was, uh, I was going to hell. I always believed in hell, and I didn't want to go there. And I kind of had an idea that I was. No matter how much I redoubled my efforts, why wasn't that working? Well, we'll discover that today in Romans chapter 7. Last week, we were looking at Romans chapter 6. Now, I think Paul, when he wrote this, he wrote a letter. He didn't write, okay, this is chapter 6. Okay, Tertius started a new chapter. This is chapter 7. Those were put in later. I'm glad they're here. It's very, very helpful. I say, open chapter 7. We all open to chapter 7. So we're all in the same place. It's good. Uh, but it's a continuing thought of chapter 6. Last week we learned, okay, it's settled. Am I going to heaven? That's settled. So what should I do? I don't, I'm not on that, that treadmill anymore. I'm not that gerbil on the wheel anymore, you know, running furiously, not getting anywhere. It's all a, a done deal. Signed, sealed, delivered his eternal life, Adam, and joy. So what should I do? Should I sin up a storm? Because, you know, when I do sin, God is shown as a very gracious then. I should probably max out sin because, one, it's pleasurable for a season, and, two, it shows God in his best light. Oh, God forbid. No, we don't want to do that. And I, I kind of, you know, Romans, to my thinking, is instructive, but it's not... When he writes 1 Corinthians, when he writes Galatians, there are problems. He's hitting them head on. You should know this. And the kid's kind of preachy sometimes. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that he has to tell us some things that we need to know and get straight. Romans isn't like that. It's not disciplinary. It's not like, hey, figure this out. You're messing up and you better repent. It's not like that. It's instructive. This is what salvation looks like. It doesn't look like this. I know you supposed it did, and we all had that, but you've got to figure this out. It's not this, it's not this, and, and he finally told us, tells us what it is, and, and it's very instructive, right? Last week it got a little preachy. When I was listening, I was thinking, I'm getting kind of... But it's where we live. It's what we all, you know, we experience this together. This, there's this tug-of-war between... and. Uh, you know, we don't always do what we know that we're supposed to do. And we have to reckon some things. We have to reason. We have to figure out some things, right? And if I get a little preachy last week, I'm sorry. I don't really mean to. I, I mean, sometimes I don't 
apologize at all. It's, it's what we need. And sometimes I don't want to like say things that the Bible doesn't say, but I, but I, I get kind of worked up about this because, like I say, it, it's, I see so many Christians often one direction because they haven't reckoned this, they haven't figured it out, that they have power over sin. Now, if you listen to last week and you tried to do that, I, I'm going to tell you right now what happened. Hit and miss. Because when we say, I'm not going to do that anymore, I'm not going to sin, I'm not going to, and we kind of have this white knuckle method. I've always said, Satan laughs at our white knuckles. He's not impressed with our resolve at all. The part that was missing was Romans chapter 7. Now, I'm going to talk about Romans chapter 7. You're going to think, like, this is, I, I want to do good, I can never do good. The things that I don't want to do, the things I end up doing. And you're going to be all like, I give up. This is, I, I don't. We live here, but I'm going to tell you the end from the beginning, okay? It sounds like really bad news, but it's not at all. It, it tells us where we really live, what we struggle with, what we're up against, but there's a, there's a, it ends somewhere, and let's look at the end from the beginning, because we're, we're, we're wretched in verse 24. I'm, I'm miserable. I, I got this tug of war going on in my in my. In my soul, in my heart, in my, there's this, there's this penchant to do evil. The default button set on do evil. I don't have to do anything at all. I'm going to be a horrible human being. But I really want to serve God. I love the Lord. He saved me. I want to serve. I want to be his servant. But I, but I, I, I find out I'm never doing it quite right. Uh, I pray. I'm not praying enough. I witness, I'm not witnessing enough. I read the Bible, I don't read the Bible. I don't keep my attention focused. I could always be doing better. I could be away from sin, I'm doing sin. I don't want to be arrogant, I end up being arrogant. I don't want to be proud, I end up being proud. I don't want to lie, I end up lying. I don't want to be, you know, fornication guy, I end up with, or whatever, I'm not, whatever, okay, whatever, you, you get it, right? Whatever the thing is. But I'm wretched. The question comes, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? It's not a rhetorical question. Who shall deliver me? Hey, I know a deliverer. And so does he. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let's go through the nuts and bolts of this, okay? It's not, not going anywhere. There's a, there's a terminus here. We're trying to get to a place, and the place is... Thank God, okay? I, and he thanks God. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Wait, Adam, wait, wait, wait. You just said we were dead to the law. Relax, he's making a point, but he isn't, he is schizophrenic here, but he's not, undermining his point where he said we're dead to the law. I made a point of it last week. Hey, you're dead to the law. And we praised God for that. We're not under the law. And now he's saying, as long as you live, you, the law has dominion over you. He, follow, okay? I speak to them that know the law. Who are those? Now, I was listening to one guy. He says, Jewish people. How many Jewish people we have? Zero. How many people know the law here? Oh, you mean you non-Jewish people know the law? 
He's saying, I'm speaking to those in the law. And that could be Jew and Gentile. Okay? And I think that's a good point. Because I don't think he's writing to the Jewish people at Rome only. I think he's writing to the church of this Old Testament, Jew and Gentile. Any questions? Those are all the categories. New Testament, Jew, Gentile, and church. And church is made up of both. And it's, it's the wonderful thing that God has brought both. He's, that wall of partition, he's abolished that. Now, when he's writing to the church, he's writing to people who would be both Jew and Gentile. Uh, male and female, bond and slave, all that good stuff. Uh, total equality around the cross. Not sameness, uh, but equality. There's no, God's not a respecter of persons. There's no preference is the idea. I'm speaking to those who are under the law. The law has dominion over men as long as, he's, as he lives. Wait a second, I'm alive, the law has dominion over me. You said that we're not under the law. Follow, follow. He's making a point here, and he gives an example of a woman. This is not t teaching about divorce, although it does instruct that. If you're divorced or something like that, we're not trying to rain on you or anything, like that, and neither is he. He's making a point. The woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her, to her husband so long as he liveth. Well, I'll just get rid of it. I'll smother him with a pillow. I'll, no, 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 no. Murder's still wrong. As long as he's alive, she's bound to him. And by the way, that is a little bit instructive. You're a single woman. Don't rush into this. Don't rush into this. Once you say I do, you're bound to that, that clown. I'm sorry. You're bound to that guy as long as he's alive. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Now, we know that there's reasons for uh, uh, um, divorce, and we're not, we're not dealing with that. We're not talking about that, okay? We're just talking about, okay, this is lady, she's married to a guy. She says, yeah, I'd rather be with this guy. So she leaves guy number one, goes to guy number two. There's a word for that. It's called adultery in the Bible, okay? That's what we're looking at, okay? No, no, no judgmentalism here, right? As long as husband number one is alive, she's married to another guy, she's an adulteress. Uh, any, any questions? That's pretty straightforward stuff, right? Now, he's talking about the law. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law, by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. So what he was saying before, he's not saying it different now. Susan and me are married. I'm alive. We're married. We're happy. It's good. Right? I always told her, I said, if I die and you get remarried, I don't care. I mean, I hope you marry a guy who'll treat you like a princess. I, I, I really do. She said, no. I'm married to you for life. That's, you know, when uh, her dad died, her mom never sought to get remarried. She said, no, I'm, I've done that. I've married her, him for life. That's how. And when my dad died, my mom said the same thing. That's a, I think it's a woman thing. I, I, don't, I don't know it. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care. I'm dead, right? Uh, I want her to be happy. I don't want her to die when I die. And if she gets remarried, it, that's okay. That's what Scripture says. 
I have always said, don't take a date to my funeral. That's a little, you know what I mean. Uh, I'm not really, it's, it's a joke. It's just a joke. I'm not really, am I really nerved up about her doing that? No, not at all. I'm not. Uh, but once I'm gone, that's, that's fine. This is what the, it's saying here. It's not encouraging women to get remarried or discouraging men or women to get, it's not, it's not saying that, just saying, you're free. He's dead. It's all good. And that's what it's saying. And now the analogy is, don't you see, that's the law. Why, he said before, we're not under the law. Why, is it, why am we under the law? Is adultery, we've been talking about adultery with this, uh, this parable that he's talking about. Is adultery still wrong? Well, of course it's still wrong. Well, Adam, well, what? We're not under the law. We're dead to the law. Ye, my brethren, I become dead to the law. Well, how's that happen? By the body of Christ. That ye should be married to another. Really? We're not married to the law anymore. We're not under the law anymore. That's what I've been trying to say. That's what Paul's been trying to say right along. We're not married to the law. We're not under the law. We're married to another. Who? Even to him who was raised from the dead. Dead to the law, resurrected in Christ. It says that all the way through the New Testament, and I would just bring it to us again. You're not under the law, you're dead to the law. You were married to the law, you were under the law. Even if you weren't Jewish, you understood right and wrong, and you had your own law, it doesn't matter. You were trying to live by a code of ethics that you're dead to now. You're married to Jesus Christ. You say, we're married? Well, technically betrothed, okay? The marriage supper of the Lamb will come later. Not very later, if you ask me. That's a story for another time. We're, we, we're married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Okay, there's a reason we're married to Jesus Christ, and it's supposed to look like. Um, I think my wife should look like a, a pastor's wife, whatever that means. Uh, she, she should be full of scandal and horrific life and no 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 she should be a proverbs 31 woman i i, I believe she is i i believe she's the poster child for that but but be all be that as it may our influence men should have i mean our who we are should have an influence on our wife our husband our bridegroom has an influence on us we should bring forth fruit unto god for we were in the flesh. The motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Right? He says, remember last, uh, last week, I just thought of this, verse 21, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? What, what did your life produce? Isn't, wasn't it shameful? What are you bragging about? Oh, yeah, me and my friends, we used to get together, man. We used to, like, you know, and drugs and party and, oh, wow, sounds like a great time. Sorry I missed that. People bragging over the sin, is there anything more banal? I mean, really? It's shameful, right? 
What's your life look like now? What's the fruit of your life now? You're born again. You're, you're, you're dead to sin. You're resurrected in Christ. There's a new sheriff in town. You have a new husband. What does is, what is your life look like? And that's what he's saying. We were in the flesh. The Moses, our sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit that resulted in death. Nasty fruit. It was, it was ugly. But now we are delivered from the law. Okay, look. Dead to the law, verse 4, not under the law, chapter 6. Delivered from the law in chapter 7, verse 6. Does anyone have any struggles with the law? (laughs) Did did we kind of wipe it out? Uh, I I heard even, I think it was last week, uh, listen to one guy online, that law is absolutely still in force. We are under the law 100%. Thought like, kind of zombie. What? Man, I hate to go to your church. You're probably some legalistic, horrible person looking for fault and everything else. You, you know what I mean? You're delivered from the law. You're dead to the law. You're not under the law. Now we're going to find out about the law. All right? You're delivered from the law that being dead when we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. Why didn't chapter 6 work? Because we didn't fold in the spiritual element all the way. And by the way, see, we're talking about adultery. You know, if a woman, she's married to some guy, she steps out on him and she starts being married to another guy, that's adultery. We're talking about adultery, let's, let's keep talking about adultery a little bit. I know it's not comfortable. I don't want us to be comfortable. I want us to be figuring some stuff out. What keeps, uh, I, I'm a faithful guy. I'm a faithful guy to my wife. My elders, my, the guys here are, are faithful to their bride. If you have a bad marriage, you come here or we'll fix it. I'm not even apologizing for saying that. We, we, this is where sick marriages go to get revived. I've noticed something. When people are dead set on divorce, they leave the church first. I can give you examples. I can name names. I wouldn't do that, of course. I've seen it. Seen it. No, we know about marriage. What do you know about it? Just, there's, a, there's a box somewhere on earth, somewhere, a gold-plated box with a lid with cherubim on it. Inside that box are two stones, uh, two tablets, Think of them as like posters <laughs> written by the finger of God. And commandment number seven says, uh, seven. Seven, seven says, uh, don't scratch the seven-year itch, okay? Don't commit adultery. And that's why my buddy Bob here doesn't commit adultery, because you think, there's a, there's a box somewhere. I can't, I can't do it. It says don't. Or, or, another possibility, I love my wife. I want to be a man of God. I want to set an example for my children, for my children's children, for the, for the, for the, for the church, for the, for the community. I want to show people what a, what a husband, what a godly man, look, you, you, you're nodding because you got one of them too. Is it because there's a rule somewhere that keeps us faithful? Or do we serve 
in the newness of spirit? Do we, do we count on the Spirit of God to keep us where we're supposed to be? If, we, if you're not doing it by the Spirit, back in chapter 6, we figured some things. That was good. But the power, now we're back to white knuckles. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, I, boy, I'm in a pickle right now. I better lie my way out of it. I'm just going to lie. Oh, I shouldn't lie. I'm a Christian. Ooh, and now we'll have that little wrestling match in, <laughs> internally. And, or whatever it is. Whatever the sin is, right? And if we're just white knuckling it, but if we are spirit filled and say, Lord, Spirit of God, help me in this. This is what I think, this is key. This is what verse 6 is. We're delivered from the law. We're dead when we were hell. We should, no, we're going to serve in newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. This changes everything. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Nothing wrong with the law. It's a good law. The problem with the law is you can't keep it. I can't keep it. Is the law sin? Oh, no, no, God forbid. No, no, no. Nay, I had not so known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the lust that thou shalt not covet. Paul's testimony. Look, we're driving down the highway. It's fine. Everyone's good. Everyone's happy. They post a, a sign that says 70 miles an hour. What do you do? You set your cruise to 75 and start looking in the mirror. Come on, don't tell me different. I do the same thing. Well, not me. I'm, I drive like your grandmother. But that's the story for another time, right? We're off-road. I told you this before. I was off-road in my Jeep. It was a speed limit. There wasn't any. I couldn't have broke the law if I wanted to on these roads that aren't really roads or anything. There's no... You, but once we post a speed sign, boom, we're five, six, seven miles over, set the cruise, just hey, keep an eye out for, and now we're really in a rush, so we're 10 or 15 over, and we're just looking for cops all the time. You put a sign, uh, do, uh, do not walk on the grass, what, there's a muddy path right next to it. That's who we are, that's what we do, we're lawbreakers. We just set up, you know, we, we, we tell the kids, uh, you know, uh, don't, Whatever it is, don't touch that. And then we have to watch that all the time, make sure they're not touching it. If we never even brought it to our attention, we'd probably, we'd probably be better off, right? We're, we're lawbreakers. And he says that. I, I didn't even know. It, then there's a, this, this, this sin, this uh, uh, commandment said don't covet. And I found out, boy, I'm a real covetous guy. I'm a lawbreaker. Is, is the law bad? No, the law's fine. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Concupiscence. Don't be concupiscencing. I don't even think that's the word. Don't do concupiscence. Uh, it, it just means strong desire or covetousness. You know, you have a desire for something. Uh, concupiscence. And it usually talks about Strong desire, it's usually referring sexually. For without the law, sin is dead. If you don't have any law, you can't be a lawbreaker, is what he's saying there. But sin, taking occasion, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin is dead. You see how that works? You put a law in, and then I realize, uh-oh, I'm breaking this law, that now that the law's here, it's not that the law is bad, it's just now we have a law, and I'm the lawbreaker. I'm a rebel. I can't keep this law. When I was alive, without the law once, 
For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. They posted a speed limit, is what he's saying. I became a speeder. They said, don't covet. I became a covetous man. I'm a lawbreaker, is what he's saying. The commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. Now this is key. A lot of italics there. Let's skip the italics. The commandment which was to life, I found unto death. So we got this come down from Sinai, do these things and live. And I found I couldn't. You found that too, hopefully. I, in my own personal journey, we all have Sinai experience. We all, you know, you know, uh, after we get born again, boy, I'm really going to keep the I'm really going to, and we roll up our sleeves and we redouble our efforts, and I am going to be the most holy person going. And we, uh, we probably bother everyone because we come, become so self-righteous and so, you know, we're, we're the sin police and we're looking at everybody's lives to see if there's anything that's not quite right and we're going to call them on it. And we become horrible human beings. Uh, law will do that. The commandment came, sin revived, and I died. The commandment, I thought, is the idea that it was going to result in life. It doesn't. It doesn't do that. It took me to a place of death. By the way, that's why the law exists. <laughs> we, we have figured this out. A lot of people haven't figured this out yet. A lot of people haven't figured this out. That's the purpose for the law, to show you that you're a lawbreaker. That's a good thing when I found that out. I realized I was going to hell. Then I can do something about it. Now I can reach out to Jesus, the Savior. I didn't need a Savior when I thought I was all good. So that commandment, life, no, death. Thou shalt not. Think about Adam in the garden. There was no law. Sinai hadn't happened yet. The event there was probably a mountain called Sinai somewhere. Hadn't happened in Adam's life. Don't murder. He, he probably couldn't conceptualize that things came to an end. And he was in love with his wife. Why would he, why would he murder her? Don't commit adultery. He could look her right in the eye and say, Honey, you're the only girl for me. Steal. He was the president of everything. He was the prime minister of all creation. How could he steal? I don't think he conceptualized lying. After the fall, he did. But I don't believe he knew what untruth was. I got one command. Probably the easiest command in the whole world to ever keep. <laughs> I got one, God says. See that tree right there? Don't eat that. You're going to die. It's the knowledge of good and evil. Let me determine, God said, what good and evil is. Don't you try to figure it out. You stay away from that tree. What am I going to eat? Oh, bushels and bushels and acres and 
all the trees that just knock yourself out. Papaya, mango, coke. What, what's your favorite? They're all there. And, and I think God made like papaya thinking, this is going to knock Adam's socks right off. He's going to love this. It wasn't, God didn't create papaya because he was jonesing for a piece of fruit. You think about it. All those things he made. Hey, it's good. It's nutritious. It's wonderful. You'll love it. Don't eat that. Of course, the time, you know, it's not good for the man to be alone. And it's not. I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. And we all know the story. It's, I'm, I'm saying at some point he said, see that tree there, honey? Mm-mm. Don't eat that. Don't even touch it. Don't go near it. He probably added all these extra rules. Uh, she's like, what tree is that now? And now Satan enters the scene, shows us that we're rebels at heart and that we're lawbreakers. And the most easiest commandment to keep, we can't even keep that one. The only rule that they could possibly break, they did. Oh, I would have done better. I wouldn't have. Maybe you say, maybe you think, hey, you, let's, ha- let's have a do-over. You know, put me and my husband in the garden. We'll, maybe. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have changed, any, wouldn't have been any different for me. Even if I had a vision of all the stuff that was to come. I know I'm a lawbreaker. I know that. The commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. The sin taken occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore, the law is holy, and it is. The commandment is holy and just and good. The law is holy. Listen, anything wrong with not committing adultery? Anything wrong with not stealing and not murdering? You you guys have a problem with that? Uh, You have a problem with not committing idolatry? No, the law is good problem with it doesn't equal eternal life and it just shows us that we're lawbreakers and we can't keep it hey don't be discouraged don't be discouraged I'm not saying you're a horrible person I'm saying we inherited it's in our DNA it's in our DNA I got this from my father he got it from his father he got it from his father and you trace it back he got it from Adam Don't be discouraged. I'm not trying to beat up anybody. It's not about that. I don't think Paul's trying to beat up anyone. He's just telling us the facts. The law is holy. The commandment's holy and just and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. There's There's no problem with the law. The law is fine. What's the problem? The problem's me. I can't keep the law. That's what he's saying here. We know the law is spiritual. You know what the problem is? I'm carnal, sold unto sin. Now, if we figure that out, we're going to be way ahead of the game. I'm carnal. I'm fleshly. We talked about this. You have a perfect spirit, born again. Your mind, it's being conformed. Okay, it's being renewed. This, that's where the, 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 the game's played. That's where the tug-of-war is happening, right here between the ears. That's the battlefield. 
we got to figure some stuff out. But once having figured it out, now we're just going to huff and puff and blow the house down and be mighty and awesome and holy and good and righteous. No. <laughs> you, you don't have the wherewithal in and of yourselves. But you have to understand this. The law is spiritual. law is good. God's holy. God made a holy law. The problem is I am carnal. I'm sold on this. It's in my DNA. I was born this way. I have a condition. I'm S-I-N positive. I am just hopelessly hopeless. Reform, it doesn't work. Religion, no, it doesn't work. You haven't, got, you haven't changed anything yet. I am a sinful, wicked, sold under sin. Now, I can say that, and I know that, and Scripture says that. Paul the Apostle says that. So if I call you a sinner, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting you down. By the way, this is pastor loves you. I'm just saying this is our issue. This is our problem. This is where we live. This is what has to be dealt with. Okay? Everyone here not condemned? Because... Chapter 8, verse 1. We'll be in chapter 8 for a while. Okay, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm going to linger over these verses. Look at, look at chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. You feel condemned? I'm not doing that. Satan's doing that. I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't, I don't want to. You, you're carnal. You're sold on a sin. You got, you got the sin. It's right in your DNA. I'm not saying you're a horrible person. I'm saying you're me. You're every son and daughter of Adam. We, it, it got passed down to us. Uh, when I was Catholic, they call it original sin. You got original sin. And then you, they baptized you. They didn't really. They sprinkled water on your head. Christening, they called it. I think christening is like a ship, you know, in the shipyard, hit with a bottle of champagne. You wouldn't do that with a baby, right? That would be child abuse, right? But they call it christening, and I, whatever. Whatever that little thing is, it removes original sin, or so they say. But it didn't work. When I was in my terrible twos, I probably had, that's probably a holy terror up, and I probably took my terrible twos right into my early 20s, you know. I, I, just, I just, carnal, carnal, greedy, selfish. I told you my whole life was right here. It was all about me all the time. Two-year-olds are horrible people. They haven't learned how to modulate. I'm just going to throw a tantrum and try to get my... They haven't learned how if I throttle back and I ask mom for a cookie, maybe I'll get it. But if I throw myself on the ground and go hysterical, you know, ballistic, it, they're just horrible human beings. That's why we call it the terrible twos. It's almost cute when they're two. <laughs> Not so much. You know, they're cute. That's why we don't throw them under the bus or something. It's just... Little midget demon in my house. It's crazy stuff. What ha why are they like that? They, have, they inherited my sin nature. My, my boys did. Uh, their children have. I got it from my dad. He got it from his dad, who got it from, again. Original sin? No, sin nature. You can dunk people and wash them and say Latin words over them and put a nice new christening gown on them and they won't change anything. It just won't. You got a you got a sin problem. I've got a sin problem. I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin. And what it looks like is that which I do, 
I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. That didn't sound schizophrenic. I know, Paul does. We live here. I want to do good. I don't end up doing it. This, by the way, is why generally I don't like New Year's resolutions. I never keep them. I never keep them. The thing I want to do, I never end up doing. The thing I don't want to do, how do I find that so close at hand all the time? The thing that, there's a constant wrestle, wrestling match. There's, there's schizophrenia here. We're really two people, aren't we? In, in a large way. I said, Adam, you said there was no black dog. No, you're spiritually complete in Christ. There's nothing that needs to be added. And we have to figure out how to work that out. And you can't work it out because your DNA is still with you. You're who you are, what that, that body that's not going to be redeemed until the trumpet blast is still a factor. And where it, it still has its... Now, some of those, I, I say lusts that the flesh has, you have a, a need, a desire for water and air and food. And these things can be, they're fine. Food, ooh, that could be a problem. You ever eat so much that you're full right up to your eyebrows? And then what happens? They bring out the dessert cart. <laughs> you're thinking, ooh, I'll split that with you, honey. And, and your, your stomach is saying, I hope you die. I hate you. Don't you dare. And you're, you're, you're well sated. How come you still want something? Because that desire is still there. It's not sated by things like normally, you know what I mean. Uh, if anyone is uh, caught up in pornography, has that ever fulfilled a person? There's always that hunger for more and more. And drugs work the same way. Alcohol works that way. You, you know what I mean? Does, does that, cause, why? Because we we're never sated. Those desires, they're not... Uh, uh, sexual desire. God's made a way that can righteously be satisfied. And we all do righteously satisfy. Great. Wonderful. No. People do commit adultery. Or have sex outside of marriage. Or we're talking Wednesday night. Same sex attraction. Not, not my problem. Never was. And I really, really genuinely feel bad for those who struggle with that. It's a, but it's a very legitimate, it's a very real thing. You can't just say, oh, that's wrong. And now we leave it at that. And now everyone's happy. <laughs> if that worked, it would have worked a long time ago, right? We have this sin nature in us. It's never satisfied. It always wants the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. That's why that which I don't want to do, I don't allow for. Uh, that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. What I hate, that do I. And you think, that's just gibberish. No, it's where we live. And you know it. You could have wrote this chapter. I know you could have, because I could have. We're, we're, we have this struggle. where We have this schizophrenia. We have this tug of war. Is probably a better way of saying it. I want to serve God with my whole heart. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you? Why don't we? Why do, what's the problem? The problem is our DNA, that flesh, that carnalness.
Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin. Oh, I, I think I skipped verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that it is good. If I'm, I'm ashamed of doing this thing, I'm saying that the law is good, which says don't do it. Because I'm doing it, and I'm sh- it's, it's that fruit which is I'm, I'm, it's shameful. What I'm saying is the law is good. And by the way, the law is good. Not, not the problem is the law, the problem is me. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now, this isn't an excuse to sin, and he's not presenting it as that. He's saying, I, I know who I am, I know what I want, I know what my heart uh, desires, I know who God is, I know that I want to serve him. Boy, I, could, I wish I could get rid of this traitor within me. It's, it's not even me, it's that, that sinful nature. He's not excusing sin. That's not the point, okay? I, it's not even me. The devil made me do it. I, I'm just sitting here a victim. I can't stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, this is why we're not condemned. This is why we have a sinful nature. You have a sinful nature. It's not something to be condemned about. It's not something to hate yourself. It's not something to, I'll, I'll kill myself. That'll fix it. Uh, <laughs> No, <laughs> no, you just, you, you learn how to overcome. Uh, and by the way, uh, while we're on the subject, okay, I, I started, uh, dead men don't wrestle. I think Spurgeon said that, right? The fact that we're wrestling is a good thing. When I got saved, 1980, the wrestling match began. I'm not dead, I'm alive. Before that, there was no wrestling. Oh, sin, yeah, let's go find some, let's do it, yeah. What, what, what wrestling match? Now, I'm like, that's wrong. I shouldn't want to be, I should do that. I don't want to do that. And now the wrestling match begins. Now, if you get saved in 1980 like I do, you might be far along on this. The, 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 the temptation is not less acute. It's just as strong as it always was. But the way out of it is kind of should be at this point pretty well established. I know how this thing works, by the way. There's Satan and there's a draw towards evil. And I have a window of opportunity to pray. White knuckles be damned. They won't work. Resolve in the mind, Lord, I am yours. I don't have the right. I don't have the, I don't even have the desire, really. I know where this is going to end up. You've got to show up right now. Spirit of God, fill me. Give me resolve. Give, and that's, that's a way to have, have some victory, I want to tell you. Relying on the Spirit of God. Okay? I'm giving out all my secrets. <laughs> Use it. It's not copywritten. Okay? And this is what chapter 8's all about, right? He's going to bring us to that place of victory, okay? But right now, we're, we, we, we get that wrestle match. We get that, we, we understand that, uh, I want to do good. I, I, I want to serve the Lord. How come I end up all the time sinning? And then you know how it is? It takes you like, how long? A day or two or maybe longer to recover? And say, oh, I can't believe I did that. Why am I like that? Oh. And now we're beating ourselves up and we're functional, serving God? No. We're done at self-condemning, loathing. I can't believe I'm so stupid. God so disappointed us. No, he's not. He, he knew who you were when he saved you. You're disappointed in you. Why? Because you believed in you to some extent. Oh, no, no, I do too. 
I do too. I do the same thing. And then we learn to rely and trust. I can't believe they did that. I thought they were better than that. Hey, we're all wrestling with the same things. And sometimes, if we're not very careful, we fall into sin. And there's sin, there's rebellion against God, there's stepping across a line, and then there's sin where we just don't measure up. We're just not who God is. We don't love like He loves. We don't put others first like He's about others. We don't put people's needs above our needs. There's that kind of iniquity, just we don't, we're not who we're supposed to be. And either way, right, we can make these different categories and stuff like this, but at the end of the day, we're not measuring up. And then we, we know what this is because we, we, it's not even me, it's, it, it's, it's sin that dwelleth in me. Verse 18, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Now I'm preaching. Listen, listen to me, listen. You haven't, you haven't even listened to what I said. I don't even care. <laughs> I do, but listen. In me, that is in my flesh, in my DNA, dwells no good thing. Amen. God, I get that off my chest. So when people say, I'm a good man, no. In you, your flesh, dwells no good thing. I know a lot of people act good because they want people to think that they're good. All they are opposers. Look at my good. I posted it on Facebook. Look at how wonderful I am. I care about others. I even use the pronouns they want me to use. Look at how awesome I am. In your flesh dwells no good thing. How do you know that? Because in my flesh dwells no good thing. In Paul's flesh dwells no good thing. In the Pope's flesh dwells no good thing. And I'm not picking on her, him because the Dalai Lama in his flesh dwells no good thing. In the President of the United States and all the presidents went before him in his flesh dwells no good thing. Congress, Senate, in their flesh dwells no good thing. How come do you think we're so easily corruptible? You know, uh, there's laws against child pornography do I have to say any names? Why doesn't FBI prosecute? Because in their flesh dwells no good thing. Do you understand why politics works the way it does? Because in everyone's flesh dwells no good thing. Factor that in, and the whole world is asleep in the lap of the wicked one, First John. But I'm not trying to solve the problems of the world right now. I'm just trying to live the life that Christ wants me to live. But I have a problem. In my flesh dwells no good thing. For to will, remember I said uh, we're made up of uh, body, soul, and spirit. When I say soul, I mean mind, emotions, and will. My will, that's the battleground, my will is turned over to God. I seek to do his will. My will is to do his will. I've made that choice long ago, and I've got to keep making it. I have to keep making it. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. I want to do the right thing, but it's, it's so elusive. It's like trying to get your arms around some smoke. It's just, it, it eludes me. How do, how do I do it? To perform that which is good I find not. Again, think about your New Year's resolution. By the way, any of you keeping it so far? You doing good? I hope you are. I mean, I, I really want you to succeed. All, I, I want 2023 to be the year where all your dreams come true and you realize your potential in Christ and you serve him incredibly. I want you to, 
I really do. I'm, I'm on your team. I'm not the guy who's trying to condemn anybody or anything like that. But I know this is, the, this is the, well, what we need to understand to have the uh, foundation to stand on. We don't, in our flesh dwells no good thing. To will is present, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. This is the old Paul. This is the Paul before salvation. No. No, he's saying right now. The, the tenses are, this is what I find. The good that I would. He's not saying back along, Pharisee Paul. And that's no good to, to, uh, for me to act like this isn't a present reality in my life. It's no good for me to act that way. It's not a benefit to you. Because then you sin and you're ultra super condemned. But I'm saying this is a reality. We have that duality. We have that tug of war. We have that DNA that's corrupt that we inherited from Adam. We have the Bible to instruct. We have the Spirit of God to empower. But we've got to figure some stuff out. We've got to make some choices. He's saying, my will is present with me, to, but I, I can't, I, I got the good will, but I don't, but some of us may not even get to that point where we have willed to do what God wants. That's a faith, uh, step of faith. Because we may be under the delusion that our ways are still better than His ways. For the good that I would not, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that, I would not, is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. See, he says that the second time. He said it in verse 17, but sin that dwelleth in me. Now then is no more I that do it. Now he's saying it again. Uh, now if I do that, I would not. I don't want to do it. I end up doing it. Well, that's sin in me. That's that DNA, that corrupt, that I got from uh, my father Adam. <laughs> my father's real name really was Adam. Uh, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law then. A statute, a, a reality, like a law. Think about it like a law like gravity, not like uh, one of the commandments. I find a, a, a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Why? Because of the world and the flesh and the devil, and we don't have to enumerate that now, but that's what he's talking about. Every time I want to do good, Satan comes along and says, oh yeah? Not Satan, but I'm one of his minions assigned to my case, no doubt. You too. Are you, you know, this is the year you're going to get up at five in the morning and read your Bible and seek after God and have blanket victory and just kind of really hard. How's it going? I want to do that, but it's cold and oh, I'm so tired and I had such a hard day yesterday. I don't even know if I'm feeling good. I don't know. And, and we find a million and one reasons to not follow up with our resolve. This is what he's talking about. I find a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Amen. And I do. And you do. I get it. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, in my body, in my, 
so there's this, I want to do God's will, I can't do God's will. I want to, when I'm willing to do good, evil is present, and we got this whole big tug of war going on. And I can explain this to the nth degree, but I don't have to, because you're all sitting there going, yeah, tell me about it. Welcome to my life. I know. Oh, wretched man, this is so miserable. I can't believe this. Wretched man that I am. Ah, oh, let's all just take our lives and get it over with. No, remain calm. It's not a rhetorical question that he's going to ask here. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Who's going to deliver me from my traitorous, treacherous DNA? Is what he's saying. Gus, I got a plan. I got a plan. I got justification. Listen, in heaven, there's no record that you've ever done anything wrong, ever. I haven't even finished my career as a sinner yet, and there's nothing written in heaven in the past, written right now, or written in the future that I've ever done wrong. I've got justification down, God says. I'm going to give you power in your life over sin. How are you going to do that, God? Because uh, I'm very ready to receive it. I thank God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, it's very important, the word Lord means master. <clears throat> I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. I've decided to follow Jesus, okay? I'm going to serve God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Uh, there's that tug of war, and it serves God's purpose for us to have that tug of war. Why doesn't God just wipe out Satan? It serves his purpose for me to be tempted. Why? Because I'm not rugged, strong, Calvary Chapel pastor. i got to tell you something. I don't mean messing with sin. I'm way above that. You should know that. Come on. Right? No. I'm such a little boy. God, help me out right now, please. And it serves his purpose for me to be that weakling that is always chasing him around, trying to get his blessing, trying to get him accomplished in me what I can't accomplish myself. There's an answer. I'm miserable. Who's going to deliver me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So it's not white knuckles. And I'm sorry if you tried that. <laughs> it didn't work out for you, but okay, you know. Nothing's changed in heaven. He didn't reclassify, recategorize you. We chase after God. We look for his power. Will he deliver us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can he, I have such, I have such problems in my life. You don't know. I have this, I have this. I don't care what's ailing you. You can come to me and, I'll put my collar on backwards and we can do confessional if it makes you feel better. And at the end of it, I'm going to say, I don't know what's ailing you. It's not the point. The point is God can deliver us and he will deliver us. Uh, Adam, you don't know my background. I don't. I don't have to. God does. And it doesn't matter what predicament we've got ourselves in. There's someone who's been through worse than us who's doing better than us because they've learned how to rely on God and we haven't. And that is the answer in every circumstances. White knuckle our way through it, and that ain't going to work. Use his 
guidebook of the supernatural, apply the things that we're learning to the, our physicality, do the things God's calling us to do, trust, rely on His Spirit, be filled with the Spirit of God. Hey, there's therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. No condemnation. Why don't you go today with no condemnation? DNA, it's corrupt. Oh my goodness. In me, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Hallelujah. I'm not, God's expectations of me are real low. I'm not going to live down to his low expectations. I'm going to surprise him. I'm going to call on him. I'm going to ask him to deliver me. I'm going to live like every breath I take is by his design, by his power, and just really lean in on Jesus Christ real hard. That's my, and I think all the things that I want to accomplish in 2023 are possible through Jesus Christ. White knuckles, get rid of them. They ain't going to do nothing for you. Worship leaders, don't you come this time and send us out of here a song? I've gone over a minute. <clears throat> we're okay with that, though. I'm, I'm saying we're okay with that. You'll forgive me. You have to. You're Christians. Uh, let's stand. Let's pray. <clears throat> I didn't think I'd get the whole chapter done. I'm kind of glad we did. It's kind of one, one thought, right? Like I say, next week it's one thought too, but we're going to slow it down. We're going to gear it down. We're going to enjoy chapter 8 and get there every like 10 years or so. We're not going to rush through it, okay? <clears throat> Lord, we want to live in victory. And the, the, the sin that we do, it, 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 the fruit, is, it's, it's shameful. And we don't want to be uh, victimized by a flesh, by, by sin and by Satan. And by, we don't want to have the world standards, Lord. We want to live supernaturally through the power of your Spirit. Lord, uh, cause us to want what you want for us and to go about this the way that you want us to go about it. Uh, I think this is our heritage in, in our salvation. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.